Good morning. It is great to see you here this morning. It's a cool day outside. It's sunny out. But we've got a warm building for you to enjoy. And we're just so happy to be in the house of the Lord. Would you please stand and sing with us? Surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. 
Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together. God, thank you for uh, allowing us to come to this church. Uh, thank you for the freedom that we have in this nation to loudly proclaim that we love you. Uh, Lord, thank you for this community of believers that we can come and live our lives together and, and share in something that we, we are passionate about. Lord, I ask you to help us with this time that we have. Uh, allow us to put away our distractions, our worries, our stresses. God, it's all about you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Hey, if you're watching online, I'm glad you're here too. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a, a special treat today. This is your special treat. This is almost like health class. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, um, but smiling, laughing, and praising is a higher calorie burn. So, in <laughs> Thanksgiving's around the corner, and I, I know that a lot of people overindulge, but I'm going to tell you right now, smiling, laughing, and singing is a higher calorie burn, so if you do that, you can have seconds on Thanksgiving completely guilt-free. No guilt. Um, hey, we're, we are glad you're here. If you're watching online, that connection card, we really love you're here. Um, you can fill it out let us know. Otherwise, let's take a minute or two and, and say some hellos.
the order. Huh? Yeah, as long as I keep weight on it, it, it stays Mr. On. Sean Palmer. Sean and Palmer. I around like I do usually on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to it. Oh, we look to the sun, set eyes on a Savior, see the image of love, sing His praises forever. Oh, we look to the sun. Kingdom burst into color at the feet of light. Freedom, freedom, shaking up the atmosphere. As the shadows fade into nothing as the day appears. Beyond the skies above, love reaching Gina. 
2 Samuel 7.23 says, This is why you are great, Lord God. There is no one like you, and there is no God besides you, as all we have heard confirms. I see the world 
Please be seated. Wait, no, I'm, I'm a song early. You can't sit. <laughs> okay, you can take a break if you want. <laughs> Ephesians. <laughs> That's what makes Sundays wonderful. The unexpected. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Okay, this song is too good to sit for, so... <laughs>
family. Hey, I'm going to be honest. I am super excited to preach. Let, let, I'm, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Uh, I'm super excited to preach next week. Next week, I have got like my favorite topic of all time. I didn't even want to preach today. I'm so excited about next week. I can't help it. If you have been with us these last few weeks, we, we, we've been doing this series called Dark Horse, and, and it's finding unlikely heroes or leaders in some spots that you didn't think that were really there and, and we're going to follow along we're going to be in luke chapter 23 i'm going to warn you though um, today we're going to do just a little bit of page turning i don't usually do that but we're going to do a little bit so when you get to luke chapter 23 you're going to stay there and we're going to turn somewhere else so don't don't lose your your spot there permanently because we're going to be doing just a little bit luke chapter 23 i'll give you just a few more seconds We'll start in Luke chapter 23. We're going to read verse 33 and following. It said, Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. 
The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged uh, rallied at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you, when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now we're going we're gonna to take that spot. And we're going to move a little bit here. We're going to be in Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 27, just for a very brief time. Matthew 27. And this is, this is super important. Have you ever had someone tell you a story, and they're, they're replaying this story to you, and they'll go, so-and-so, they looked at me like this, and they said it like this. And they get that, like, sour look on your face. And you, I always ask, I say, did they really say it like that? Did they, did they really speak to you like that? And I love, personally, I love when someone else was there that can clarify. They can say, yeah, it was said like that. Or they'll, no, they're, they're kind of embellishing. There wasn't that kind of an attitude. And that's the reason we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Our four Gospels are there written discussing very similar events, but they do is they change perspective so you can get a crystal clear image of what's going on. Now, with that in mind, Matthew chapter 27, verse 44, and it said, And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. What Matthew is doing is clarifying who was doing what to Jesus. And it said the scribes, the elders, the, uh, the guards, they were walking by mocking Jesus and making fun of him, saying, save yourself. And Matthew 27, 44, and this word right here is plural, and it says, the robbers. That is not a mistranslation. What that's important for is a very clear description that the two men that were hanging beside Jesus was also criticizing Jesus. Now, close that spot. Let's go back over to Luke. We're not going to be in Matthew at all today. You don't have to hold that spot. If you looked at this along with me, what, what would you think when you're reading this passage? You know what it looks like to me? Is it looks like bullies. That's what it appears to me. And, and what that is important to us is it's true that the hurting oftentimes unite. So here it is. These men hang on the cross. The scribes, the elders, the Pharisees, the guards, they walk by and they ridicule Jesus. And what do the, the robbers do beside them? They join in. I've I got to get this off my chest. I've, I've got to get this off my chest because this, this irritates me to no end. If you had to ask me, and this has nothing to do with our passage whatsoever, this is one of those passages in Scripture. Man, these people are just grimy. The, the people are, this is, this is scummy. Like, honestly, here it is. Here is this man, Jesus, who came, who called the, El, the, the Pharisees whitewashed tombs and a den of snakes. He came and ate with sinners and tax collectors here is this man and for all intent and purposes the pharisees won they got their they got their way 
This man who they hated, who they despised, who they'd been plotting against, they won. According to their perspective, they won. My, my point is, I look at this, and all I could think of it to myself is, leave that man alone. Goodness gracious. You've got, it would be like me going to the oncology department over here, and I find the people that are getting tre- uh, the, the chemo for lung cancer because they're lifelong smokers, and I look at them and go, ha, 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 I told you. I told you, you shouldn't have been smoking. I told you, you shouldn't have done that. Leave them alone. Or if I go down to the ICU at the hospital and say, I told you, you were driving crazy. You shouldn't have done that. Leave them alone. But here is this spot where all intent and purposes, they should have said, we won, he's done. What do they do? They come and they gang up. This looks like a bunch of bullies. This looks like a bunch of bullies. And it's ironic to me because today we have these movies, and they're all very similar. They'll be it's almost always in a schoolyard setting. There's one bully, and all the bullies are behind him, and they're cheering him on, and they're picking on the small guy, right? And then the small guy says, enough is enough. I'm fighting back. And what always happens? All the other kids that were being bullied by this bully, they rise up. And we watch the movie. We go, yay, the bully got what they have coming. Yay. It, it never works that way. It doesn't work that way. The bullies always stand behind each other. And oftentimes, we know what it is. It's because when you have people that are insecure, or they feel inadequate, or they feel that something's wrong with them, they don't want to be noticed. And here are these two robbers, and it is quite clear that they are insulting Jesus along with the Pharisees. Why? Because sometimes it's comfortable and easy just to go along. And parents will tell me things are like, Jerry, you just don't understand how it is in school. It was, it was one bully, and then all of a sudden a whole bunch of bullies, they kind of joined in. And I go, I do understand, and Jesus does too. He dealt with the exact same thing. When it rains, it pours. And I've, I've got my, my comprehensive list, and these are places where I think bullies can be found. Not necessarily definite, so don't get mad at me if, if this list offends you. But these are places where bullies can be found in our world today. Schools, offices, airports, airplanes, highways, neighborhood, homeowner associations, political offices, law enforcement offices, churches, bathrooms, hallways, homes, public parks, amusement parks, public pools, restaurants, IRS agents, museums, libraries, and now, thanks to this situation, spots of crucifixion. This is where bullies lurk. And we look at this, and, and it's, it's good to, to actually have this idea, because we need this perspective. The hurting will oftentimes unite, and they unite because it's easy and it's comfortable. I'm embarrassed to admit one time I was, I was doing a cement project and I was walking in my work boots that I had laced up super high to get the cement dust out of my boots and I was walking and there was a pebble in my shoe and I would walk a little bit and finally it really irritated me enough I bent down, unhitched those silly boots, took them off put my hand in there, couldn't find the pebble, put the boots back on and I did this like three or four times until finally at the end I'm like, I can't stop, I got wet cement, I gotta work, gotta work and I kept working and I kept working and the pain kept getting there and, and I was getting more used to it. At the end of the day, when I unhitched my boot, finally, instead of looking inside the shoe, I looked on the outside of the shoe and there was a roofing nail poking through. And so every time I would take the boot off and lift it and I put my hand in there, the nail wasn't making contact. And I worked for hours and I know it's embarrassing, but oftentimes that's how we live our life. We simply, it's more comfortable just to go along. 
It's just more comfortable to go along. And don't tell me I'm, not, I'm the only one. I, I know you. I know you people. I know what you do. What you do is you find a restaurant. And you go, this is my favorite restaurant. I'm going to come here all the time. And you go to that restaurant because it's your favorite restaurant. They got great service, great food, great prices. And you go, this is my favorite place. And you know what happens. Pretty soon they lose one of their, their good help. And the service kind of not quite as good. You keep going. And then pretty soon you know what happens. The food quality just isn't quite there. You keep going. And then you know what's going to happen next. You know. When the food doesn't taste good and the service doesn't taste good, that didn't make sense. When the food doesn't taste good and the service doesn't serve very well, you know what happens next. The customers stop showing up, so they've got to raise their prices. So now you have a restaurant you don't like with terrible food, terrible service, expensive prices, and you keep going. Why? Because you're comfortable. It's, it's a spot of comfort. You, you know it. It's familiar. You just keep going. It's just like these, these men here. Why in the world did they sit out there and mock Jesus as he was crucified? Why? It was just something comfortable. And why did these two criminals... Beside him, join in. The same reason people do today. The exact same reason that people bully each other is because oftentimes the hurting unite. And so when someone says to me, Jerry, you just don't understand what it's like. I'm being bullied, and that's more than one, and they're ganging up. I say, I do understand, and Jesus does too. Jesus understands because he was there. Let's read it again. We're going to skip just a little bit more this time. We're not going to read the whole thing. We're going to start out in verse... Oh man, I'm telling you, someone edits my Bible and makes the numbers smaller each week. Listen, I don't know what number it is. I think that's 29. We're going to start in my apparent 29. It says, And the people stood by watching, but the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one, the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged rallied at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, do, not, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. I look at that passage, and, and there are some things that, that really stand out in and the most important thing to me is how ready Jesus is to forgive. Let, let me ask you a family, a question, family, an easy one. How fast are you at forgiving? Are you, are you a fast forgiver? And let me, let me rephrase that question because I, I think it's, it's a better way to describe this is how fast are you willing to forgive? Because I, I think we can forgive, but we don't want to oftentimes. How, how fast are you? I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll, sometimes I'm not the fastest at forgiving. I don't know if you're aware of this, but years and years and years ago, I, I went to visit a family, and, and one of the little boys had a pencil, and he stabbed me right in the leg. He stabbed me so hard you could see that, that, like that fake pencil on my leg, and I looked at it, and you know what I'm doing right now? I think I've got seven more years so that boy turns 18. <laughs> I'm going to stab him in the leg with a pencil and there's nothing he can do about it. Why? Because 
Sometimes I'm not the fastest forgiver. Now, maybe you're a really fast forgiver. Let me ask you the same question in a different direction. How fast are you at forgiving when someone hurts someone you love? See, a lot of people say, oh, I'm really, I'm really good at forgiving. Okay, I, I won't argue that. How good are you at forgiving someone that has hurt someone you love? Because here we had this, we had this picture and oftentimes when we read scripture, we, we look at the crucifixion of Jesus and we look at it as if we're still in elementary school. We say, okay, Jesus was tried, he was convicted, he was whipped, he had to carry his cross down the road, he got hung on the cross, he died, and then they went and had breakfast. It was, it was a nice 30 second situation, and it's not. So here, when we, when we break this passage down and we, we look at actually what was going on, and if you go back this afternoon in Matthew chapter 7, it's one of the few spots that actually have um, terms of hours of how long Jesus hung on the cross. This was not a 12-second a ordeal. So in that, with that in mind, what we have is we have this device called crucifixion, which was designed in its very nature to sap every ounce of energy out of your body to you can no longer move your arms and hold yourself up crucifixion is no other way to be called torture and oftentimes when we look in history and we discuss torture torture was and always seems to be not always take that back most times torture was designed to be such an awful ex experience that everyone around would look at that and say uh-uh-uh Whatever they did, I'm not doing that. Torture was frequently used in history as a deterrent for certain behaviors. So we have this man hanging on the cross, and it was not for 30 seconds. He's hanging on the cross, being tortured. The man beside him is making fun of him, stops, and then says, Will you remember me when you get in heaven? If that was me hanging on the cross and I was Jesus, I would look at him and say, I'll remember you, but it wouldn't be the same tone. It would be, oh, yeah, I'll remember you. See you in judgment. Not Jesus. And sometimes we overlook the fact that, that here is this man ridiculing. He's along with the mockers. He's, he's teamed up with the bullies. He's going against Jesus. Why in the world would Jesus forgive? Why in the world would Jesus forgive? And would you? Now, I'm going to be honest. Pain, pain does some weird stuff to people. I've spent enough time in, in hospital recovery rooms and, and hospitals and, and um, physical therapy offices to know quite certain and to see it. You take some saints who I've never heard utter a bad word in their life and they have pain, and all of a sudden there are more swear words in 30 seconds coming out of their mouth than I have heard in a month. I have seen some of the nicest people when they're in pain. I actually think they're demon-possessed. I go, something is inside of that person. We need to get it out because it's pain. Pain has, has done and will do some unusual things. It causes you to have zero patience. It causes people to snap, and here's Jesus in pain being mocked and this man turns and says remember me and Jesus Jesus is so quick Jesus is so quick to forgive 
way back in the day when I was doing my graduate work, I, I wanted to do a research paper, and my research paper was denied in about four seconds flat, and I wanted to do a research with, with several uh, volunteers to determine who forgives faster, men or women. And I wanted to, I wanted to survey a thousand people and get their opinion, who, who forgives faster, men or women? And I, I thought it would be really funny, and I, I thought I knew the answers, because I, that to me is, is nothing but an argument just waiting to happen that I wanted to do. You know, because men, that people say, oh, men, men forgive faster. I'm like, men beat each other up when they're, when they're mad at each other. You don't see a lot of women doing that very often. And I really wanted to dive in this topic, and I got, I got shut down real fast. They said, nope, 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 we're not doing that, because I wanted to know who forgives faster. But no matter what I study, no one forgives as fast as Jesus. Now, maybe you're sitting here in this church, and you're saying to yourself, Jerry... I have been baptized. I've been following Jesus for a long time. This passage has absolutely nothing to do with me. Maybe you're going to get on your phone and start doing the, the swiping thing. This, I can't stand when people do this. You're not paying attention to this, this sermon or worshiping when you're doing this. Before you do this, let me, let me just point this out to you because if this has nothing to do with you, let me, let me give you a very strong reminder. There is no one that could have forced that criminal to say these words. Jesus, remember me. There is nothing. He had to have his aha moment. There is no way that we could have ever forced him into doing this until he had his aha moment. And I believe it happened when Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I believe, if that was my opinion, we'll find out we get in heaven. I believe when that criminal saw Jesus forgiving people that were injuring him, he went, aha. And so what that means for us today is we always have to be patient with people and say, that person just hasn't had their aha moment yet. That's all it is. They have not had that moment when they say, Jesus is not just some man, he is the son of God. And you can't force it and you can't really race it. People have their aha moments at different times. If you're sitting in here and you're saying, this passage has nothing to do with me, that's because you already had your aha moment. You've already said, Jesus is real. I'm going to follow him. If that's you, that means we need to be patient with everyone else who has not had their aha moment. All right, let's read one more time, and you can close your, your Bible after this. This time we're going to read, oh, that looks like a 41. And we indeed, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. There's an easy one here for you. It's, it's a very simple topic here, and it's, it's simply saved at the last second. I think, this, I think this passage was written to me and you. If you had asked why this passage is in Scripture, and I think, family, I think this, this particular passage is written for us today. Because this this idea here is debated and talked about and questioned sometimes out loud sometimes in small groups more often than not it's just in our head because we don't want to share our ideas but i want to point this out to you here because oftentimes this is a matter th this can really get some believers this passage here can really it really stumbles people up because here is this man he is dying the criminal was dying. 
Jesus was very close to the end here when he said these words. The criminal was getting near his end too. And what did he do? At the very last moment, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I'm going to throw some names out here to you. Some you might know these names, some you might not. So I'll give you a, a very brief history real quick. Chris Watts, he killed his wife and daughters. David Berkowitz, he was the son of Sam Killer. Hurt seven, killed six. Jeffrey Dahmer, killed at least 17. Carl Faye Tucker, killed two. Claude Newman, killed his mother's abuser. Pamela Perillo was an habitual criminal, finally, eventual murderer. Tax Watson, killed seven. What are those names? Every single one on that list were convicted killers, sentenced to die. At the end, said, I love Jesus. All seven of them. Six of them. Seven. All of them, and this is just a small list, all of them were on death row, and all of them at the end said, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And so, the problem is, for me and you, this is what we do. We look at that and we go, that's not fair. We say, I told that person about Jesus. I invited them to church. I invited them to our, our buffet, barbecue things, whatever we do here. I told them about Jesus. I told them what Jesus did for me. They didn't listen. They got to do whatever they want. They cheated on their taxes. They hurt their families. They robbed still. Whatever it is they do. And it's not fair that they found Jesus in the very last 12 seconds of their life. And we go, this is what we do. We say, is it true? Is it true? Will, will we see these people in, in heaven? And here's my answer. You ready for that? You ready for it? We have no right to discuss it. In, in all honesty, we don't really even have a right to debate it. Their salvation and their confession and their faith, honestly and truly, family, we have no way to discuss that. Because it is not our salvation to offer. They are not crying out to us. They're not crying out to First Christian Church. They're not saying, First Christian Church and family, I'm going to follow you guys forever. They're not saying that. So their salvation has absolutely nothing to do with us. But the problem is, is we look at that and we go, that's not fair. That's not fair. How in the world can I even answer that question? How do I know? How do I know if someone's sincere about following Jesus? I don't know. Is there a test that when, when someone comes up and says, I want to give my life to Jesus, do we have this great big long test to see if they're lying? No. Why? Because we don't know. And this isn't the first time Jesus has discussed that, and I believe he put that in here just for us. There's another passage of Scripture when there was a vin, uh, landowner, and he went out and hired people to work his field. And he said, you come work my field, I'm going to give you some money. And then he went out later, and he hired some more people. And he said, I'm going to pay you the same amount of money. And then he went out again, and then he went out again. And finally, he, fired, he hired some people right at the very end of the day. And he said, you come work for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you. And when it came time for people that had been working the longest, we go, we deserve more. That's not fair. It's not fair. That person only worked a short term compared to us. And we look at this kind of stuff, and I believe Jesus, this passage in Scripture with Jesus talking to this criminal is there for us. Because we cannot offer anything that's not ours. We can't offer salvation because it's not ours to give. 
So maybe that's not you. And you're saying to yourself, again, Jerry, this has nothing to do with me. And you feel the need to start scrolling on the phone. Let me, let me ask you this question here. I wonder, and I think there was, I, I wonder if there was anyone there that day that knew those criminals, that looked at those criminals and said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew that all their bad deeds were going to catch up to them. These criminals were not someone who had just simply stolen the, the candy out of someone else's candy jar. They were being tortured for their behavior. They were being tortured for something they'd done wrong. I wonder if someone there that knew them looked up at them and said, yeah, it's done. Yep, they lived their life this way. I warned them this was going to show up. And I wonder if any of them would have looked at them and completely said, it's too late for you. I would have. I would have looked at that person hanging on the cross and said, man, you missed your chance. You missed your chance. Something unusual is going on here. And, and it's when Jesus responded, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Man, he saved at the last second. And then my, my human nature starts, starts running in my, my mind here. And I, I wonder... The criminal hanging on the cross, did he ever go to look inside himself and say, man, I messed up? Or did he say to himself, I just found Jesus now. Man, I messed it all up. I could have done something. I found Jesus. I wonder if there was any regret if he just said, man, if I wasn't on this cross, the things I would do for my Lord and Savior, the people I would tell, the way I would live my life, I wouldn't do any of it ever again. Because he's saved at the last second. And then I, I think it's funny because people, people will frequently come to a church, and I've heard it more than once, they'll say, I'm just too old. That's people's excuse. You say, hey, come to church, come worship. And they'll say, I'm just too old. I live my life. What's done is done. There's no making up for it. There's no going back. I know the things I've done. I know that I've done wrong. I know who I've hurt. I know who I've messed up with. It's just too late. And I think, oh man, are you still breathing? You're still breathing. It's not too late. Are you still talking? You're still talking. It's not too late. Which is why, which is why these people here, these convicted killers, you know there's only one reason why these convicted killers found Jesus, right? Someone went to that jail. Someone went to that prison. They told him about it. That's it. They heard about Jesus from someone. Someone who looked at that person and said, it's not too late for you. I know you're on death row and your life is more than less. Your, your life is over. Someone looked at them and said, it's not too late. It's the same reason there are chaplains in almost every major hospital in our country, in almost every cancer treatment. There is chaplains that come along and they go and they talk to people and they say the same words, it's not too late. It's not too late, which is ironic because here, so many years later, who is a person that we're looking to as an example? A robber hanging on the cross. That's an unlikely leader in the Christian church. But here he is, and he's showing us it's not too late. Not too late, because Jesus can save at the very last second. And it's not too late for us. If you have not made a decision for Jesus Christ, I'm going to say the same thing. It's not too late. Hey, if you're watching online and, and you've not made a decision for Jesus Christ, I'm going to say it's not too late. Because as our band comes up here to lead us in a song, a decision, it's not too late. If you're watching online and you want to make a choice, 
you want to follow God, hey, get a hold of the office. We'll, we'll make something happen. We'll work with your schedule. We'll, we'll do something. Maybe you want some prayers. If you want to come, some prayers, come on up. No judgment. Hey, if you're watching online, you can put that in the connection card. If it's confidential, please mark it. We look at that. We pray about them. They don't, they don't just get ignored. Maybe you're a baptized believer. You like First Christian Church. You want to be part of our family. Hey, uh, as we stand to sing and song a decision, come on down. We'll, we'll welcome you with open arms. Let's stand together. this there's an old man and he's one of my my favorite people in the world old chuck 
And uh, one time I asked him what he's doing for Thanksgiving, and he said, Jerry, Thanksgiving is every single week. And I thought, that is the dorkiest answer I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, it's just so goofy. I'm like, come on, come on, really? And he meant it. He said, every Sunday, we come together. I get communion. He said, every single Sunday, it's like Thanksgiving all over. He said, what else do I possibly have to be thankful for besides forgiveness? And I said, wow, that's going to stick with me for years. And it did. And so that's true. You know, we're going we're gonna to have our Thanksgiving week. But nothing we're thankful for can ever outweigh the blood that Jesus spilt for us. So as we come forward and have our communion, it, it's true Thanksgiving in the church. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the, the fact that we have something to celebrate in life. God, from the ups and the downs and the highs and lows, God, we know that, that no matter what, you gave your life up for us. And thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity for forgiveness. Thank you for loving us. Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hey, the, the announcements in the bulletin, there's lots of important things today, so don't, don't overlook it. Uh, the women's having a spa hike. There's information about there. Two o'clock here in the, the church parking lot. They're going to Ramsey. Um, there is also, the spa is hosting a bridal shower for Kelly at two. There's information there. There's information about um, decorating the churches in there. Of course, there's, there's our weekly schedule about what's closed, what's open, what Bible studies are not. But most important, there's this, there's this passage right here on your bulletin. 
It is our annual um, election of church leaders. These are the gentlemen up on the ballot. There is a word here that says, if you have a scriptural objection, it has to be scriptural. That means you, you can't say, uh, Ken Martin stole my parking spot last week. He is not going to be an elder. It's got to be a scriptural objection. Any of them, they have to be presented. It's there. This is important. With that in mind, December 3rd is our annual business meeting. You are able to vote. If you are a member, you can still attend, even though you're not a member. But if you're a member, you need to be there and vote. This is important. This is church leadership. This is the direction of the church. You need to be involved in this. It's there. So check out the rest of the announcements in there. If you look on the back of your, your bulletin, on our praises and our prayers, uh, we have a, a thank you praise for our Thanksgiving dinner. If you guys were here last, last week, we had a great Thanksgiving dinner. Lots of food, lots of people, good times. Um, under special concerns, you know, I, I, I think, I bet a lot of you, you guys watch the news, you see that street preacher in Glendale got shot. There was a man preaching on the street, part of a church, someone shot him. They didn't like what was being said, apparently. So I think, family, we need, we need to pray for the church. Um, the, the, the church is under attack the messages that we share uh, the things that we do uh, people are not super happy we need to continue to pray over the church and the health of the church because it's really hard to convince people to go into ministry and to serve God when these kind of things happen on the street corner uh, that, that's, it's, it's rough of course our, our health concerns uh, some of them are here today um, keep praying for their health our deployed troops always especially during the, the Thanksgiving and Christmas time it's even harder Keep our shut-ins, our prayers. Outreach, of course, is Operation Christmas Child. There's information about there. If you have any questions about it, uh, come catch me. I'll, I'll point you to Steve and Sandy. That way we can get everything there. But otherwise, we'll, we'll stand. We'll have a few moments of quiet and prayer, and I'll close, and we will leave. Let's stand together. God, thank you. Uh, thank you for allowing us this opportunity um, to step back to worship with, with brothers and sisters, uh, to enjoy some time in the Word. And God, I ask you as, as we step out of this building, uh, Lord, will you, will you give us the courage to live the life that you want us to live? Uh, Lord, I ask you for each and every one of us, will you put someone in our path that needs to hear about you? Uh, will you give us, us the courage to, to tell them about you? Lord, I ask you to uh, bless us as we attempt to reach people for you. Bless the church. Uh, bless the community. God, thank you for this life. Thank you for the ups and the downs and the, the highs and lows that we have, just so we know that you're always there with us. Lord, thank you for everything you've done. Jesus, I pray. Amen.
tried? Because we were working on 